0: podcast Where I, Lydia, and I, Ashna, open up the conversation on sustainability to inform and empower. We want to connect
1: real people to topics they care and are curious about, but without the jargon or BS. Mm. Join us as we chat about all things sustainability related and how they
0: intersect with our daily lives from eating out, to what we wear, to the latest technology and more. And we're also going to bring in some really cool guests doing cool things for people and the
1: planet.
2: Well ladies, are you ready?
1: Yes, let's kick yep. up.
2: Great. Lydia and Ashna and myself want to welcome you guys to this first series um that we'll be exploring and I'll start off um, for all of my listeners, Lydia and Ashna, I am so happy to have you on the Wise Consumer Podcast. Before we dive into today's conversation, I would love for you guys to kind of explore and share a little bit about who you are and what your podcast is about, and then we will dive into the, to the nitty-gritty hard stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I'm Lydia and that's Ashna. Um, so we are um, part of Switch podcast, and we really open up the conversation on sustainability um, to inform and empower people on, on the issues um, which are linked to sustainability, but come into our daily lives and making it more accessible for people and trying to make it engaging and fun and just not so you know exclusive or like something only certain types of people do Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's really where we came from and um uh i I myself am a consultant and have worked in social impact for um the past six seven years um and ashna
1: can introduce herself Mm -hmm. but she does similar Yeah, I'm Ash. Nice to to speak to all of you new listeners. We're really excited to kind of combine our our listenership of positive, sustainable people and just the everyday consumer, really, of who wants to do great in the world. Um, But yeah, Lydia and I met, I guess, six years ago. And and ever since, um, both kind of went into healthcare. I went into um, food waste, so worked for a couple of companies really tackling food waste at all different levels from a consumer level, from a business level. And yeah, last year we decided to put our heads together and create a podcast just to really understand other businesses, stories, other guest stories, not just from your eco warrior burlap wearing um, sustainable Mm -hmm. person, but you know, all spectrums, whether it's, you know, the struggles everyone has in trying to be good to, you know, trying to have systemic
2: change in
1: in businesses and the way the world works.
2: Absolutely, and I highly recommend for everyone listening to, for my listeners listening to check out their podcast. It's awesome. They, have, you guys have a very similar like. This is why we're doing this. Your values align very, very closely. The type of people you interview aligns very closely to you know my podcast as well. Um, and for your listeners, just a little bit of background on me. Um, let's see. I the the podcast basically I interview social entrepreneurs, scientists, people who are doing. You know, work to change the world, to make our world a better place. Um, and part of what I do is also education, the educational component, because I, ca- I got into this through uh, skincare. I had an autoimmune um, condition that manifested via skin. And I so saw- I started looking into like, oh, what products? Like the one thing that was actually impacting it, they said, was like the products you were using and the foods you were eating. So I started really looking into what ingredients are in my skincare products, what ingredients am I eating? And then once you go down that, I just went down the rabbit hole of like, then there's plastics, then how are how are my clothes made? So all of that, I really, similar to you guys, want to make it accessible for people and not this like overwhelming, like perfect journey. It is not um, similar to what we're going to be talking about today. Like we're not going to be perfect in everything we do. As much as I would love to be perfect, like I'm not <laughs> in any way. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty perfect. <laughs> so I'm really really excited about this conversation and we thought we would get together and you guys are in the UK right now correct you're in London both of you yeah. And,
1: and for our listeners, did you want to just tell them what your
2: your podcast is
1: called? so
2: Yeah, that would be helpful. The <laughs> Wise Consumer Podcast. And you can find it on any um, podcast platform, iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, et cetera. Yes. The Wise Consumer Podcast. And you can uh, connect with me on Instagram as well um, cool. at the wise consumer. <laughs> Um, But we were connected by a really close friend of mine and um, yours, Maxime Ducker from Our Good Brands, and um, she thought we should connect and she was correct. So um, with that being said, let's just dive in, ladies. You ready? Yeah. So I'll I'll start it here with uh, just the world is a little bit in chaos right now. For everyone listening, I'm sure you can relate between COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, here we had this like African Hornet or something like that as well. It was just like one thing after the next just kept happening. So we thought we would just dive into everything going on today and talk about how it's been for you guys, what you're learning and things that we can do as individuals, citizens, not just consumers, but as individual citizens to make a difference and come together. So I'll let let you guys take it from there. (laughs)
0: yeah well I guess um shall we talk a bit about like how we've personally found it so at first so yeah I mean it's been crazy right um similarly here in the UK it's been um a real series of events um and yeah I think from my perspective it has been very challenging and and quite a depressing time really just hearing every well firstly the whole lockdown situation Mm -hmm. isn't easy for anyone Um, but I think combined with that is also the the environment that we're we're surrounded by of like anxiety and kind of uh anger um as well with the the Black Lives Matter movement and you know it's all it's all a lot to process and sort of not be on not be moved by um when it's all kind of everywhere you turn Mm -hmm. and that's probably well with the black lives matter stuff that's probably a good thing in that you know it's front and center um well it definitely is a good thing um but it doesn't as a combined with the situation we're in now with covid it's it's all yeah it's very challenging to remain positive to be honest Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, in in the UK, we've been in lockdown for feels like probably three months now since March. And at the beginning, it was very much like, oh, I want my normal life to go back to normal. I want this normal to happen again. And I think what's really interesting now is and something I'm I'm thankful for every day is now we're having a conversation about the new normal, not Mm -hmm. going back to the old ways. And I think that in this conversation today it's going to apply to everything we discuss it's this whole we're we're being forced in a position of behavioral change in all aspects how we're thinking how we've even known very little on um culture racism all these different topics that you know we touched the tip of the iceberg before covid and now we're actually forced to stop and think about it and i really think that that's great it's action it's it's what we want to see out of this. Um, I think at the end of this, if nothing changed, then we'd be all kind of worse if we did go back to our old normal. So, you know, I think that's the kind of light at the end of the tunnel that things are changing. We're trying, we're making an impact, and we're being aware.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, Lydia, similar to you, like with COVID first starting, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I really... I think it would be really great to be able to see people and hug people. For some reason, I have this like yearning to really hug people, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Like I just want to hug my friends. I want to hug family and even strangers at this point. And I think that makes it even harder when you realize like you can't be too close to someone. You can't be, you know, there's so many things like the uncertainty is really causing um, some turbulation. But the uncertainty and where we are right now is also causing for people to, like, I have time right now to read and protest and do whatever it is that I need to do in order to help this movement along. So as much as it's been hard, and like I was telling my husband yesterday, I was like, I just really want to go back out and like see people for a drink. Like, let me just go grab a drink and not worry that I might get sick or I might be making someone sick or You know, there's just like someone's the uncertainty is what's causing me a little bit of like uh, discomfort. Mm. So that's kind of where I am and and in in all of that. But I guess like the first question I have for you guys is what has been specifically regarding to Black Lives Lives Matter movement and the anti-racism movement? What has been the biggest wake up call for you both? Have you been awakened to, you know, whatever it is like, do you need to educate yourself more? What What where is your head with that?
1: Yeah, I think kind of, you know, at the beginning of, at the beginning of this conversation, as I was mentioning, I think the, a wake up call for me has been how little, you know, Mm -hmm. people are educated. I'm somebody of color, I'm, I'm Indian. And it's, you know, it's been this huge, you know, white racism, white people don't know anything about race, and just like a lot of finger pointing of people that don't know and people that should. And, you know, I feel like there's this whole category of people now and it's just this divide that doesn't need to happen I think it's just a wake-up call and an education opportunity for everyone so I think my biggest learning has just been how little I Mm -hmm. knew um given that I've had a quite privileged upbringing I've had all the resources thrown at me it's not like I couldn't have access to books or, or anything like that it's just um no, I, I'm really appreciative again that this has given me an eye opener of how little I knew and how aware everybody needs to be.
0: Mm. I think for me, the the kind of eye opening thing has been how how um, deeply embedded within like institutions and um, systems as a whole, like this ignorance is like. I myself feel like I'm relatively clued up um, just because of the environment that I live in and the people that I mix with and the podcasts and books that I consume. But what has surprised me is that other people aren't similarly clued up. And I don't, and, and I'm privileged because I've had you know well all kinds of privileges and so I've got the opportunity to learn about that stuff um, and I know other people might not have had the same background as me and same sort of like opportunities as me to learn that kind of thing but what depresses me is that institutions and very privileged very you know people with lots of opportunities haven't made an effort as a system or as an institution to actually tackle something which is so obvious for example I'm thinking of like elite universities in the U.S. and in the U.K.
1: which have such a divide like a a small um just not to kind of pinpoint but you went to a great university very well-known U.K. university and how was that for you in terms of yeah
0: I went to Oxford University and it, it was very, it was very like the, there weren't many people of colour there relative to, to white people um, and that was very stark and that was probably the first time that it became like really apparent to me that that was, you know, this is like a really deeply embedded problem. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that and I I mean I still don't really know exactly why people aren't making more of a active effort to change it and I'm sure they are doing a lot in in many places but yeah it's it, that does that's probably what I feel most like has sort of blown my mind a bit in the past few weeks
2: yeah and, and oh, you I think on my perspective like I'm coming from America obviously where like it is been ingrained in our system and I obviously went to school and I was educated where you know obviously you know slavery was bad you know but there was so much what I'm realizing now there was so much that was I don't want to say omitted but not discussed Um, and right now I've really like I'm going back to 15th century history right now to understand how race was even created why and how it came to be why? You know, just so much that I realized, like, I don't want to say I was ignorant, but I wasn't seeking it out. um. And that's been the thing that has been the thing, excuse me, that has been like the hardest for me to swallow in a way is that and just for everyone listening, like this is a very hard conversation to have. But this is a conversation we need to have and um, to be able to be transparent about how we're coping with this. Um, because I think that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward and to to acknowledge our shameful history, especially in the US, and to try to reconstruct what we have broken. Um, and when I say broken, I mean, like, humanity, <laughs> you know, in terms of like human rights. Um, because I think like that for me, when I look, I'm so I'm doing a, a weekly series right now, um, which I just started yesterday, um, called Black History Wednesdays, where I'm going through and I'm basically every day because I realize everyone's gonna come from this from a different lens and not everyone has the privilege to research and to get all like I'm nerding out you guys. Like I'm like I got books, <laughs> I got podcasts, I'm watching documentaries, I'm talking about this. But not everybody has that luxury and or the ability to talk about it openly with people yet. Um and so so what I'm hoping to do is to be able to share like this is what this is how this was created, at least from a US perspective or a Western perspective. Um, but as I, as I've been doing this kind of research, I'm finding how little I knew and that I'm ashamed of because I, you know, and I am obviously, but I also realize like even when I come into the sustainable living, there was a lot I didn't know. And I think, you know, I am forever a student of life. And until you realize that you're always going to be learning and you can acknowledge your ego is not going to know everything, then no change can happen. Um, and that goes to sustainable living in turn ter- uh, to from sustainable living to anti-racism um and the first step is being aware and i'm sorry to say that it took me to be 34 i'm 34 you, you know to realize like i knew things were bad and they weren't great but i didn't know why and i didn't seek to understand why to the point that i am now and i'm really sorry for that really sorry for that and i want to do better and move forward and take part and take action in it in the future.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of on that, it's it's really about, well, for me, it's, it's moving forward and how can people be more aware? How can we, you know, live a better tomorrow? You know, I think it's important to reflect on history and what was done um, and things, mistakes or just not being aware in the past. It is important, but I think right now we're in a very a great place in the world mm-hmm. where changes being made and we can focus on that and I think if all of us you know kind of the, the point of this podcast of coming together if we can really focus on how we can come together from different cultures you know you're American I'm Canadian Lydia is British you know I'm Indian we're all different cultures here talking about something really important of
2: moving the dialogue forward. Yeah. And I'm American. I'm Franco-American. So I have a lot of baggage as a white person here. Like when you talk about colonialism and everything, I'm like, oh, I probably, you know, um, and that's for another conversation. We could talk about colonialism and everything. But yeah, there's absolutely, everyone's going to come from this from a different perspective and a different story to, you know, and I think that's why loving and coming together in a loving format is so important. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. For sure I think that that point about ego is so instrumental in, in in the whole in the whole movement really because I think a lot of people are afraid of getting things wrong
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that well their ego is is worried about getting things wrong or they don't want to appear ignorant or they want to just um be kind of pigheaded about things and not acknowledge that they're even at fault um i'm talking about non-black people here um and yeah i think that's such an obstruction um in just getting that understanding and awareness and hearing other people's point of view um so i think the more we can come together and like just forget about ego for a minute um yeah it'll
1: be and I even think you know just what ahead of recording this podcast there's this huge sense of fear of I'm going to say the wrong thing Mm -hmm. it's going to be perceived wrong I don't know you know thousands of people will be listening to this and what if I say something that isn't correct and I think it really shouldn't be about you know saying everything perfectly because the three of us you know to be frank we're not going to say everything Mm -mm. perfectly but it's how can we learn from what we may not have said perfectly and move on tomorrow and really learn from that so i think it's just using this podcast space using the internet sphere right now to talk about things that are gonna push push things forward is so important and also just the whole sense of what is our online behavior versus what is our offline behavior right. I was to another podcast on this and there's been so many brands and people saying this, like just almost very preachy, which is great because it's putting good content out there, but it's, you know, what are we doing behind the scenes? What mm-hmm. are we doing when we're not putting things in our Instagram stories? What are we doing when we're not talking about it on a podcast? How are we turning it into action? That's going to speak so much louder than a 40 minute podcast of us talking about it.
2: Yeah, and we'll share um, later on how people could get involved. And everyone's, again, it comes from different perspective. Everyone's, I feel like everyone has a different gift in this change and movement because some people are maybe super creative and they want to create graphics and some people may not really feel comfortable protesting while others are like, I'm all about the protest, I'm all about going to you know politicians and calling them. And I think all of us have to come together um, and use whatever gifts we have to make a difference and use our voice. Um, and we'll share different ways that people can and different resources as we move on. But one of the things as you were saying that, like coming, like being fearful of saying the wrong thing, Ashna, I, um, as I've been researching this, because I feel the same way, one of the articles, and I want to read this quote to everyone listening, um, and I'll, cite the source um, in the show notes. But she said, the single most important thing that I've ever been told about being an ally came from a professor of color who profoundly impacted my life. And quote, she says, if you choose to do social justice work, you're going to screw up a lot. Be prepared for that. And when you screw up, be prepared to listen to those who you hurt. Apologize with honesty and integrity. Work hard to be accountable to them and make sure you act differently going forward. And I think, you know, if I say something wrong, obviously apologize but you know that's not enough like you said it's like what are you doing behind the scenes how can we move forward and and keep it's like this is everyone keeps saying it but I truly believe this is not a sprint it's a marathon and like mm-hmm. just keep taking one step to the next step and all of us collectively doing so
1: mm-hmm. definitely all Right. so should we dive in yeah so yeah I thought for this this podcast we kind of put our heads together and you know one of the the things we wanted to talk about is is coming together and and as we've talked about both on each of our podcasts behavior and mindset through sustainability how do you shift to have a more eco lifestyle i think all those fundamental beliefs and practices of changing behavior really comes down to how can we do things for good how can you know Three people in different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different industries come together, whether it's for Black Lives Matter or sustainability. So I think that's something I really want to dive deeper and understand what that means for everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then also, I guess, um, as Madeleine was saying, you know, we want to also share what people can do um, from our perspective from what we've learned and what we know and just some resources around that and then there's the other question of like social and environmental justice which we we also want to touch on so small topics um for for a 45 minute episode
1: but um yeah it's just the, the tip of the iceberg really And I think, you know, with this and and what we can commit to doing, at least I'm committing for all three of us here. (laughs) Um, But really, just how can we continue the dialogue? And I think me, one of, not my frustrations, but one of the things I found is a lot of people are doing things because, you know, it's a time to do something, it's engaging. And I don't really care about what people's motives are, of why they're posting things or what they're doing. They are speaking about it. But it's you know what i want to commit to is how can we continue the dialogue and mm-hmm. embed it into our every day how are we ensuring that you know even just lydia and i the, the people that are on our podcast what is the gender breakdown and the racial breakdown of the people that we're having on our mm. our podcast who are we filling our our podcast with who are the types of guests we're providing um stories of so I think it's it's just broadening our scope too and if everyone can make those commitments whether it's a podcast they do or the social groups they hang out with how can we all commit to something small or big
2: yeah I agree with that and I think that's one of the things a lot of people are worried about and something that I'm I like already in the week since it's like Obviously we and that's the other thing, like self-care is gonna be really important. You cannot be going at this like a hundred miles an hour every single day or you are going to burn out and then then what, you know? Um but one of my concerns is that like you were saying, people this might just peter out and we can't let this peter out. Like we this is like this is a very pivotal moment and it's time to grasp it and to keep going. Um, like in all 50 states people have protested and that is the first time that everyone has come together like that so I really would love to see this momentum going and I too commit to what you're saying like how can I do that through the podcast who I invite what brands I promote what organizations I support Mm -hmm. and topics that are covered
1: definitely and I think for me is it can't be just another campaign like how we treated the plastic straw or the the straw getting stuck up at the turtle's nose. Yeah, Um, You know, it needs to be more than than just that. And everyone banning plastic straws and not drinking them at the bar, it needs to be more than that. You know, it has to be a fundamental change. Um, Mm. Very similar to what we saw with Greta Thunberg. And it's like, how can we keep movements like that alive? And I think, I think that's mm. all of our responsibilities, especially now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with with um, like companies and brands and, and things, I think you can kind of see how uh, like small companies get unwittingly kind of exclude people in their early phases because they are a small company and they're trying to like make a living, you know, and just doing what they can but I think as companies get more established and and I'm talking about like non um like if someone who's non-black mm-hmm. founds a company or something then as they get more established they they really need to like get in as early as they can in terms of like addressing that yeah. bias that they might have in their in their organizational structure and policies and stuff um, which is something which I've certainly experienced because I work for a, a quite a young company. It's only like four years old. And I've definitely seen that shift even in the time that I've been there towards having more of a, okay, like we're, we're you know, we're solvent. Um, let's look now as quick as we can towards making sure that these values are actually of equality and inclusion and diversity are included like, at the very core of the organization because otherwise it will just continue to grow in a biased way um in an exclusive way uh until it and then it's too late it's too late to embed that cultural Mm. inclusivity so I think that's
1: something which people can Definitely. I think so many businesses like yours, whether it's a small company that's only started four years ago or a massive company like Mm Coca-Cola, I think the whole topic right now of coming together is even more important. It's all of these brands are looking within their DNA, their structure, their organization of the same topic. You know, everybody right now Yeah. providing details on their racial breakdown everybody right now is rewriting or you know embedding a new hr strategy and how they can have you know more inclusivity or or whatever it is but it's all the same topics so it's it's really just this whole idea of it's not one company trying to race to the top it's everybody just trying to have a baseline again and trying to be good and normal so how can businesses like that use this as an opportunity to come together, to share practices, to share racial inequality, you know, strategies, you know, why can't we do that better now?
2: Mm. I I think that's an opportunity too for people who maybe you don't want to physically protest will reach out to brands and ask them to be transparent, ask them who is on your leadership, ask them who are you hiring? You know, I think, like you said, this is a time where everyone's kind of looking in their DNA. I love that you said that because that really is even here in the US there's a brand called Aunt Jemima maple syrup and I didn't read the article I just saw the headline today but they're changing their whole brand and logo. That that would not have happened had something like this not been at the forefront. So I'm I applaud people, you know, although we have ways to go, I applaud them to be making these changes.
1: Yep yeah and I think it really is about you know it's not recreating the wheel. We can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. and Jemima is a company that's changing their whole brand and look like I've I known the Aunt Jemima logo. it's been in my pantry cupboard since I was a child. So how can brands like that change mm-hmm. and how can they share their lessons learned with others? It's really just yeah. coming together to exactly. learn from each other and support each other.
2: yeah. Yeah, the coming together. And I think one of the reasons that um, I've just been like really thinking about this, and I've always considered myself a very loving person. And I don't mean that to be like, I'm such a loving person, like, <laughs> guys. No, I mean, like, I do, you know, the the golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself, you know. Um, and I was thinking about this. And I was like, the convicted message I got was, it's not about love with a lower case L it's about love with a capital L and what I mean by that is you know love to stand up for your brother and sister and do what is just love with a capital L to speak what is truth love with a capital L to educate and to acknowledge the past and to to change your ways and I think love with a capital L to come together and have these hard conversations it's you can love someone but you can love someone and love is powerful Love is powerful. And I'm not talking about like little bitty love, like kumbaya love. You know, Jane Elliott, who is uh, someone that I highly respect here in the US, um, highly recommend for anyone who's not familiar with her work. She did a uh, study called Blue Eyes, Green Eyes. Have you guys heard of this? She basically tries to teach bias towards race um, by showing by basically people who sign up for an event, they come in not knowing what they're doing. And she separates the participants in green eyes and brown eyes, or blue eyes and brown eyes, and basically treats them. If the blue eyes, for instance, for that day are treated like the way that white superiority has treated like the black people in our country. And it's very, very eye opening. But when I was looking into like what love means she has this quote where she shares um, we have had love in this country for 500 years. We have yet to have justice. And for me, the capital L is justice for love. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. So it's like a more active take on, on love. Yeah. I, I think I definitely agree with that. I think I can do more in that regard. Like I think so many people, are again it comes down to the the ego or the the fear that you have around like speaking out or whatever it is like there's been situations before where I've been in a group of people and maybe someone said something which I haven't agreed with or I've seen like that that was problematic and I didn't say anything um and you know why was that it's probably because i I didn't want to like alienate myself or get into a debate or you Mm -hmm. know it wasn't an appropriate in air quotes um moment but you know i I would love to know how to
1: i think um, that also boils down to you know if we're going back to the whole what is this sense of love i think that goes also back to loving yourself and being mm -hmm. confident and speaking up for yourself and not feeling this you know for me i can definitely relate like yeah, there's been so many times and situations where that's happened to myself or i felt uncomfortable or someone said something that i felt inappropriate and you know your default mode is you just you know humans want to be liked and mm-hmm. humans want to you know not say something that's gonna you know make them stand out or make them sound uncomfortable but you know, it's, it's the whole concept of change happens with change, you know, it's been probably said 3000 times in the past week, but it's really a matter of going back to love. You really need to love yourself and be confident in yourself. And, you know, if something that doesn't bode well with you is happening, we need to speak up for ourselves. And even in those that can't speak up for themselves. And that's a huge Mm. reason why I've gotten into sustainability because for me it's it's voicing something for you know an an element an area the world the land that can't have a voice and it's we have that privilege to have a voice and speak up for plastic waste for black lives matter and it's just a matter of how we use it
0: yeah so true i guess for for any time where like i might feel uncomfortable or like it's not the right moment to bring something up like there's someone you know and, and and you know they're probably not there at the time. Whatever the, mm-hmm. the oppressed group, which someone has made a comment about, they might not be there, but I still need to correct the person who said it because they might say it again when someone is there and they might have indirect consequences for people. So yeah, it is about having that confidence in yourself to that you are right by saying something and you know it's okay and i think this black lives matter movement will give people confidence to maybe speak out when they wouldn't have before mm-hmm. as allies or as or as the or as a black person
2: yeah and i was um on a uh, like a conversation zoom call and um one of the black guys said you know you probably are going to say things that are wrong he's like you might feel discom- you might feel discomfort you might not feel comfortable but just think about how uncomfortable we have felt for the past mm. in this country yeah. at least more than 400 years and that really hit home to me and i was like really i can feel uncomfortable for a little bit you know um and again sorry i'm totally quoting a million things here but this one i think is perfect for what we're talking about anthony romero who's the executive director of the american civil liberties union says and this is like what we're talking about like coming together he's like community is really important right now this is a time to huddle around a virtual campfire Thanks, COVID um it's not a time to be isolated or alone it's time to lean in you can't change the channel you can't tune it out it's not hard for us to listen and learn and heed and I think like for us to say something because like oh I'm a little uncomfortable like that right there is it's time to lean in and feel the discomfort Mm -hmm.
1: yeah for sure and in terms of kind of moving forward with resources and and what people can do what have you guys found you know helpful and and I think it's you know I think it's more important to say what have we been doing and what mm-hmm. do we think, you know, are all the multiple platforms that can be done? Because I know there's a lot of podcasts right now saying, you know, read these books, do mm-hmm. all of this. What what are tangible things that we've done and what's working for us? And what can we commit to? You want to take this one, Lydia, and then I'll go?
0: Sure. Um, so obviously there's a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of information going around as to what we can do which is great um for me I've done a lot of reading not just since this um Black Lives Matter movement kind of came up again but before that as well so um I've read a few books about race but not just um directly more like stories by black authors just novels by black authors which is um I think a great thing to do um just to give you that other perspective and then also I always find thinking about every because what is our day like mostly consumed with it's probably work and home so I always find like thinking about in the context of my work you know what can we do and there's a lot of resources and things about organizational structure and you know um, diversity and inclusion and we're working on that a lot at work so i think i think that's a really useful way of getting it into your direct something in your direct impact Mm -hmm. on then there's things about um speaking out as we've as we've talked about and don't don't take it personally you know sometimes people are worried well, not worried, but they 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 think, oh well, I I'm not racist. I, no, it's just you know, it's other people that are like that. But no, just it's not. It's okay. Like if mm-hmm. you're unwittingly have have been racist, but just acknowledge it and make a difference in future. So I think remembering that it's not about you yeah. is is
1: important as well. I think on that point, it's this huge. And just what I've seen with other people, it's this whole cognitive dissonance of racism right now is bad. I'm not bad, so I'm not a racist. And it's just this this logic that people get trapped into. And it's how do we broaden the whole definition of what racism is and address it that way versus saying you're racist, you're not. And how do we you know, change the fin- figure, finger pointing? <laughs>
2: hmm. Is that a dog? Yeah.
1: Yes, that's my dog. I was like, oh, just so everyone knows, was like, like so while Ashna's not- talking,
2: so- there's a dog in the background. Oh. It's a puppy. Oh, so. oh. everybody oh. needs a little puppy. I was like, what? I was like, Ashna,
1: it's like something happening.
2: Um, <laughs> like, I
1: wonder if they can hear it. I don't know. I'm just going to keep on talking. <laughs> yeah, that's you fine. <up>.
2: Um, I like that you brought that up and to that was one of the things I I should send you guys and I'll include in the show notes TED talk they had a panel discussion with um, Bernice King Anthony um, uh, Romero who I just mentioned etc a few other people Um, and that was one I can't remember I think it was a founder of Color for Change who said uh, we need to define what racism is and what you know what it actually is because if you can't define it then how can you fix it you know Um, And I thought, I think that's actually very accurate because it is true right now. You're like, I'm not racist. Like that's bad. Well, you may not be racist in the way that you interpret racism, but you're definitely racist in the way that you've been educated and the privilege, like the fact that we're having this conversation right here. I'm like, oh gosh, yikes. I'm really sorry. I really am sorry about it. Um, But to answer your question, Ashna, about like, things that I have been doing. So I too started this even before this was all happening. I was actually invited to be on a panel to talk about race. And as I I was the white quote unquote representation um, on a black panel. Um, And that was hard. That was hard in a wonderful way, you know, like um, and listening, like actively listening. When I was on that panel, I ended up listening a lot more than talking and that's the way it should be. But when you really listen and not just listen and thinking about what you're going to say next, but like listen whole heart, body, soul, and take it in and and don't judge yourself with what you're hearing. Just really take it in and then process it on your own time. Um, I I found that that was really helpful. Um, So, you know, over the past, I've been reading books. Obviously, books are really helpful Um, And if you don't like reading, there's stuff on Audible, you know, there's like audiobooks, there's YouTube videos that, you know, talk about these kind of things. Um, Also, I find that uh, research and for me, I come from like my my family is like very historian, professors, etc. So I've always found it's really helpful to understand history in order to kind of deconstruct moving forward for myself personally. I'm one of those people who asks like, why? Why? So really diving into the history, as I mentioned, has been very helpful for me. And also having hard conversations, uh, even with those you love the most. And, you know, as much as it's challenging, it's also really important to have those conversations. And I feel like that's really at the center of almost every conversation I've been having recently. Um, And also, if you don't feel comfortable and you don't know what to do, another thing you can do is donate to an organization who do who does know what they're doing and who can take the action because this isn't just like on an individual basis is great. Like what can you do in your own personal life? What can you do in your community? What can you do in your work life? But at the, at, there has to be something at the, the higher level that's going to change policy and legislation, you know, all of the above. Um, and so knowing who you're voting for, speaking up and, you know, the, and supporting organizations who can fight on your behalf to the big, big wigs, if you will, air quotes.
1: And I think, you know, on that kind of point, all of these points are just personal to everyone. And Mm -hmm. what's going to make the most sense for you as an individual, I think all of these solutions we've all talked about and circled around are, they have to be personal, they have to be something you're going to do, it can't be a you know, a diet where mm-hmm. you've got to eat celery juice for two weeks and hope it works. No, no one wants to do that. Everyone hates celery. Um, it, it really needs to be something that's customized. And yeah. I think, you know, even, even, you know, for me, even the whole point of donating, I think donating so strong and so valuable, but it can't just be a tick box exercise. Yeah. It can't be great. I've donated 20 pounds to this Black Lives Matter fund done. I, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it can't, it needs to be continuous. Whether it's a donation or reading more or, or something that yeah. makes you feel like you're an active participant in this, mm.
0: and I think even um, just t- taking a genuine interest and acknowledging mm-hmm. that you that that people's lives are, you know, g- gaining other people's per- perspectives and listening and learning is genuinely like enriching mm-hmm. and. Is gonna make you a better person. Um, I don't know anyone who who genuinely thinks that they know everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you know what, it's it's gonna be a positive thing if you just do what you can to learn. Like it's 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 a good thing, Um, and I don't I don't know why anyone wouldn't. Um, And and particularly if you're uh, with family members or others, it might not be as proactive as say we are um, still I think you could make it make a case to them to like the doubters that it's you know even if you don't believe that there is racism still out there um, you know it's still still be curious about it and think oh well there's this thing happening like why is that and just you know hopefully that will enlighten people um, a bit more Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think, well, with that said, one of the topics, you know, in our commitment to continuing the conversation, even just with us three, is just really diving more into social justice, environmental justice. Maddie, you're quite interested in history, so, like, even just understanding more about you know, where did environmental racism come from? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, why is that such a correlated issue to what we're seeing today? And, you know, for me, I, I did, I've been doing a lot of research on that particular topic because I think it fascinates me to really understand the nitty gritty of it. Mm-hmm. But it's something you hear about, you know, something I studied in environmental courses where, you know, you heard about the lead poisoning in Flint and you heard about, you know, being targeted at, you know, black communities or lower um, class areas. So it's a topic I really want to, you know, really dive more into with you guys.
2: Yeah, no, I just want to put a little bit of a disclaimer. Like, obviously, this is a conversation um, for my, primarily for our white brothers and sisters, um, We should have said this at the beginning. This is really for us to work on this as privileged, white, privileged, you know, Indian um, who are trying to be in tune with everything. Um, So I just thought I would put that out there that we realize there are a lot of different perspectives and we are no experts. So again, go back to the resources. There are people who have been studying social science like this for ages who know the history, who know everything. So When we, you know, recommend books, like, there's a reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's just being so transparent in that, that Mm -hmm. we don't know the answers to everything. I don't know, you know, all of the the racism that all the cultures feel and, and how somebody who is in like a a black lives matter shoes feels like i I can never picture what that would feel like but Mm -hmm. you know for all of us it's it's really just about talking about things that we know and continuing to educate ourselves i think that's what we can commit to at least
2: yeah Mm -hmm. definitely there is um we're coming close to our hour but i just um i'm gonna read another quote (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There are two quotes here that I thought were interesting and people should just think about. Uh, As former Hillary Clinton campaign staffer and personal friend Denise Horton, Denise Horton put it in remarks before protests, black people and other people of color are fighting a different fight than white people every day, end quote. And then the other one that I just would like to for you guys listening to reflect on is by Elaine Welteroth, who is one of Bravo Project Runway's judge and also the author of More Than Enough. And she reads... Um, She says, do not condemn what you do not understand. Do not condemn a people's response to pain that you've never had to feel. Do not condemn a fight that you were not a part of. So I think like as white people right now is our job is not to go in there and try to fix things and be, you know, I hate saying it, but white saviors like we got to step out of that role and to really just come beside to listen, ask how we can help, ask if they need our help. Um, and, and to realize that there's a lot, we don't understand kind of going back to your point, Ashna, like we don't have the answers, but showing up and having these conversations and being part of the conversation and being part of the movement is very important.
1: And, and as I said before, at the start of this conversation, everybody has a role to play in this, no matter what your color is, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, whether you're, you know, whatever your background is, we all, you know, as, as mentioned at the beginning, it's about coming together, regardless of your race, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's about educating more about your own culture, if you are black or, or understanding, um, others, you know, it's, it's understanding your position and where you need to shift to. Yeah. Great. Well, again, thanks for such a great conversation.
2: Yeah. Yes, I, I feel you. like we could, you could go on forever, but again, I, I know small little paces or you will burn out and um I think the last thing that is really great and I think you guys will agree with me is like the self-care and all of this like I think when this first really like hit hit the media stream and and everything was happening I like dove in I was like running 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 like and like last week I just completely deflated and you can't make a difference if you don't take care of yourself mentally emotionally and physically so get out there Do what you need to do to be part of this movement, but also take time to rest, eat well, exercise, spend time with friends. Even if we're doing Zoom calls, you know, like Mm -hmm. as much as you can for self-care to rejuvenate and revive yourself. Yeah, definitely. So anything else you guys want to say before we uh, end this first little episode and dive into Mm -hmm. the next one next time? Yeah, I just thank you so
0: much, Madeline. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a good to actually in the spirit of being more bold about these types of conversations. I think this has been really good Um, and sort of shows that, oh, we can talk about it um, and it's okay, and it's all right not to be perfect. It's just the process of of getting your thoughts and intentions out there. so yeah uh, I'm I'm encouraged by that and I think I will be more confident to talk about it again with
1: other people Mm -hmm. in the future
2: yeah so thank you no thank you thank you very much this has been great
1: yeah and I think for me I'm just really interested you know to hear from our listeners to hear from your your listeners Madeline to hear from ours I really want to you know this conversation started with three of us on a zoom call, but I really want it to expand to everybody else, bring it to your living rooms, talk about some of the, the topics we were talking about with your friend, use it as a starting point and really tell us what you are thinking too, because all the opinions matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I, I get a lot of joy and, you know, knowledge from everybody else. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from and really keen to hear what you all have to say.
2: Agree agree well ladies this has been wonderful and i look forward to the next one and um where can my listeners find you guys
0: yeah so we're at um www.podcastswitch.com or um on social media at podcast switch and we're on instagram facebook twitter all of them
2: great yeah well ladies thank you so much thank
1: Thank you you. speak soon